in the office at the church in Bogota at Aviva Mienta Church and one of the pastors there who um, he just looked at us and he said welcome to revival it'll cost you everything and I, I don't know about you I, I, I don't want to go back to comfortable Christianity and I, and I know we've got comfortable chairs and it's great isn't it we love sitting on comfortable chairs but don't let sitting on comfortable chairs lull you into a sense that what God has for you is going to be comfortable. But it's going to be the most amazing thing that you ever walk into. And I just want to say to you, there's an invitation this morning for you to step into this with everything that you've got. And it's not about the stuff, it's about him. It's about what the Holy Spirit is releasing upon us, not just for us, but for the sake of our town, for the sake of the people of our country, because without a mighty, mighty move of the Holy Spirit, there are millions that are going to a lost eternity. And if that doesn't bother you, you haven't really got hold of what the gospel is all about, because that's what the gospel does. It saves lost people from a lost eternity and we've been privileged to know Jesus as the answer and the saviour we have tasted of the sweetest of things and our responsibility is to pass that on and that's what this is all about this isn't just about meetings it's about lives being transformed and I, I don't know whether I've got time to do what I all wanted to do this morning, but the Holy Spirit knows, and I'm going to do my best to do what I feel God has discharged me to do this morning. And um, I want to read a passage from Mark's Gospel. I want to read from um, Mark chapter 10. If you've got your Bible and you want to follow, I just want to read... Verse 46 from chapter 10 to verse 52. Whilst you're finding it, it should hopefully come up on the screen. And this is Jesus just leaving Jericho and meeting a blind man called Bartimaeus. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. Jesus is on his way out. He's going off to Jerusalem. He's going to die fairly soon. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road.
Wow. I just feel that God has said to me today that I need to commission an army of healers. I need to commission an army that will stand up and will reach out to the lost and the hurting and the broken and the sick and will be those that will carry the fire and the anointing of the gospel wherever they go. You came to church today for a service. The Lord says, I've called you here today to commission you and send you out in the power of the Holy Spirit to be an army in this nation. And you know, so often we say this as Christians, and I hope it's not just a cliche that you say, I want to be like Jesus, you say. I hope you pray that prayer. I want to be like Jesus. Why is it that we always limit being like Jesus to being like him in character? Being like him in his attitudes. That's great because we need that. Yeah, I wish there were more Christ-like characters, more Christ-like attitudes. Hallelujah. But you know, what did Jesus get to do? Jesus got to preach the good news. Jesus got to heal the sick. He stopped for a blind man who was desperate to see, and he healed him. And Jesus said, the things that he did, you are now going to get to do, because I'm going to give you the opportunity in the Spirit to do even greater things than what I came to do. And that is what we're about, church. So I want to say to you, if you want to be like Jesus, make sure you get the whole package. Don't segment Jesus up into convenient little compartments and pick the, the apps, the bits that you want of him. He says, when you get me, you get the lot. And that's so important. And today, I've just been struck by a verse in that amazing prophetic vision that Ezekiel had in chapter 37, the valley of the dry bones. It's a very, very well-known passage for those of you who have never read it. It's a, it's a, it's a picture. It's a vision. It's a, a being caught up in, in the purposes of God. A prophet sees these dry bones absolutely dead in a valley. And the Lord comes to Ezekiel the prophet and says, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel is a very wise prophet because he said, Sovereign Lord, only you know. That's a good answer when God speaks to you. That's a good answer. But we know the story. He says, these bones will live. Prophesy to these bones. And eventually what happens is that these bones get flesh and sinews and muscle and skin. And then he prophesies breath, the Holy Spirit, into these bones. And these bones rise up, a mighty, mighty army. This is what it says in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. And I feel that's the prophetic word to us this morning. And I am going to prophesy and command the breath of God 
to come into you, into me, into us. And we are going to come to life and we're going to stand up on our feet and we are going to be a vast army in the purposes of God. I, earlier this week, was reminded of a song, which I've got to be honest with you, I've never really listened to very much. and It's not a song that I particularly like, if I'm honest. Some of you might not have even heard of status quo. Some of you may have done. Some of you might be a bit silent on that matter, not wanting to own up to it. But there was a song they did. It's called, You're in the Army Now. You're in the Army Now. And I really felt that God would say to us prophetically, you're in the army now. You've been raised up a vast army. And if you're settling for anything less than that, I want to encourage you to stand up and take your place in the army of the Lord. You see, only those who've been healed know what it is to be healed so they can heal others. It's almost like there's a sense in which what you've experienced, you can give away to others. I think Felipe last week shared that beautiful story of the woman who'd been forgiven lots and she loved lots because she knew what had happened to her. When you have been saved and healed, and by the way, in the Bible, that word healed and saved is often the same word. When you have received that, you know how to give away because you know what you've been delivered from. And as you have been healed, as you've been lifted up as dry bones into something that is a life, you now have the authority in the name of Jesus to do exactly the same and call that life out of other people. And I want to, I want to kind of give a commissioning really for us to heal the sick, even as we go from this place. You don't need... My authority, you need his calling and his authority released into you. You see, Jesus said that a kingdom people are measured by their works as well as their words. And we often settle for words. We're not short of words. What we are often short of is the works that go alongside that, that demonstrate the power of what Jesus has said. And I want faith to arise in us right now as we just very quickly go through some things that I hope will just stir in you. In fact, not just stir in you, will make you alive. When you go from this place, that you will be commissioned, even the moment that you sort of get up out of your chair, that you are commissioned to go and do this stuff in the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus is the healer. He saves and he heals. And you see, God in his very nature is a healing God. One of the covenant names in the Old Testament is that he is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. I am the God who brings health into your bones. That's who he is. And you know, all the way through the Old Testament, we see this amazing God who heals his people who breaks in even into the lives of those who aren't officially his people. Naaman the leper, he's an outsider, and yet God breaks in through his prophet and heals this man. Our God is a God who heals. And Jesus came to show God 
as he truly is. He is God on display. It says in Hebrews that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Those are awesome words, powerful words. It means that what you see in Jesus is what you see in God himself. And Jesus came when he came to preach the good news and bring that salvation. He went around healing the sick, delivering people from oppression, the demonic forces of Satan, delivering them from, from that, setting them free. That is what we are called to do. That is our anointing too. It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. What a summary. That too, my friends, is the commissioning that we receive. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to proclaim freedom, sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, all in the context of proclaiming good news to the poor. That's our calling. And when we look at Jesus, excuse me, I'm, I'm in danger of destroying the stage here. And when we look at Jesus, we see very quickly the way that he did this. Jesus consistently healed those that came to him. In fact, he often went and healed those that weren't looking for healing. Jesus, whenever you kind of read him in the Gospels, some commentator has said this, he's either healing, he's either just come from a healing, or indeed he's about to go and heal somebody. And so Jesus doesn't see healing just as this little incidental thing that, oh, we might do occasionally. It's central to the message of salvation. Healing itself is not salvation, but it's a sign of what God wants to do on a much deeper level. And also, it's because God loves to heal and set people free from their sicknesses. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus, you know, wherever he went, it says things like this. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. He went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing. And it's these little words that often get you, isn't it? Every disease. Matthew chapter 8. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Every all, they're frightening words, aren't they? They are frightening words because it said, do you know what? This is what Jesus came to do. And it's what he calls us to do also. And the thing that Jesus also came to show that he's always willing to stop. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40, we read of the man who came to him and he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, and what does Jesus say? I am willing. That's the heart of Jesus. I am 
willing. And I love it also later on in Mark's gospel. I'm sorry I had to go through this at pace, but in Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verse 24, the man whose son Jesus heals, he says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. You know what? Jesus even helps us in our weakness when we struggle to believe, when we struggle to get this. He says, I'm willing, I'm for you. Come on, I'm just looking for you, just to, just to look to me because I'm willing. This is the Jesus that we are called to follow. So Jesus is consistently the healer and he calls us to do exactly the same. Please, please, please church, don't relegate this just to the job of a few. Don't relegate this just to those who kind of feel a bit enthusiastic about these things. I'll just settle for the good works. This is the good work of Jesus. And you're in the army now and you can't hide as much as you might want to. But Jesus doesn't want you to because he wants so much blessing to flow through you. Secondly, Jesus did this compassionately. You know, I love, I love those words where it just says, Jesus moved with compassion. Compassion doesn't do the word justice. Those of you who have got any understanding of this word in the Greek, it's, it's a deep, deep word. In fact, uh, uh, forgive me if I haven't said this right to those of you who are Greek scholars, but the word is splagmitsamai, which means to be moved in the guts, literally moved in the guts. And Jesus, when he saw those who were sick, he saw those that were under the authority of the devil, he was moved with compassion. He said, I'm not allowing that. I'm not leaving them in that place. Because his heart went out to them. And church, I really believe that what Jesus wants to do to us this morning is to give us a compassion download. In fact, you will never do this in the right way if you do not know the love and the compassion of God flowing through you. He wants to stir in us. When we see people who are sick, when we see people walking by who are in pain, when we see people who are physically not in a way that Jesus would have wanted them to be. We cannot just let them just, oh, well, that's the way it is. Jesus had compassion. We need compassion to move, to act, to reach out. And some of you say, well, you know, I'm a bit afraid because if I do that, what happens if they don't get healed? Well, do you know what? That's not your problem. That's not your problem. He's asked you to do this and you leave that to him. What I do know is this, that as you reach out, you let the compassion of Jesus into that person's life. And if they, even if they at that moment don't get physically healed, and by the way, a lot do. In that moment, you have demonstrated the love that Father God has for that person. You said that God has noticed you. God loves you. God is aware of your condition. And his heart's desire is that you will be set free. And the truth is this. If you don't do it, it ain't going to happen. But the more you do this, the more, if you like, the mystery of the now and the not yet comes into miracle. The more of the not yet gets pulled into the now. And we see more and more people 
healed as a sign that the kingdom of God is coming here on the earth. Yes, the fullness is not here yet. But you know, you need to be reminded that one day we will live in a city without a cemetery. We will live in a city without a cemetery. And so what we're saying is right now, right now, Lord, we're expecting that and we're pulling, if you like, in the power of Jesus and in his authority, something of that right into the here and now. That's what we're doing. And we do it with compassion. We do it because Jesus is a compassionate saviour and we get to do exactly the same. And actually that follows on to the next thing. Jesus didn't settle just for people, well, you know, sickness. It's just my cross I have to bear. He didn't let people settle in that place. Some people I know have got, I haven't got time to unpack this, I'm, uh, but never mind. The, the thing about it is, some people say, well, you know, it's my cross to bear. God's teaching me things through this. And do you know what? I'm a better person because of my suffering. And I don't ever find that in the Bible. I don't find that in Jesus. Wherever Jesus saw Satan's kingdom oppressing others, he wanted to set people free. And, and, and church, I want us not to settle for anything less than what Jesus says he wants to do. I'm serious about this. Please don't, we need to be sensitive to people. We understand that sometimes things don't always happen at the pace and the speed that we want and maybe never this side until people get to glory. But I do know this, God wants to set them free from the power of the enemy, even now. And so, if those things that are not in heaven are here on the earth, we need to stand against them. We need to stand with authority and seek to deliver people from those things. Because what we pray is, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we do. That's, I could say so much more about this confrontation thing. Jesus said this, if I cast out demons by the hand of God, then the, the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come amongst you. That's what we get to do. That's what we get to do. I want to release that faith into you. Come on. Some of you, you know, right now thinking, well, that's all right. It's nice. I've heard this. And then you're going to go out the door and you're going to do exactly the same as what you did before you came in here. Please don't. You're in the army now. You cannot be the same person if you choose to respond to what the Lord Jesus is saying to you this morning to do. You get the opportunity to go out this door and be an agent of his kingdom and start lighting fires for his glory. Look, I want you to understand this. I'm on a journey of learning myself with this, but what I do know is that since I've come back from Bogota, there's something that's in me right now that will not let me settle at this. I have to welcome and I have to give and I have to give away what he puts in my heart. And so every day, as much as I am able to do this, I will look for a moment to release what he has put into me into somebody else's life. And you know, as I've started to say, Lord, I'm here, I welcome what you've given me, Holy Spirit. I want to give it away. 
I tell you what, I cannot walk out the door anymore. It is a long journey for me sometimes to get from here to my house because of the number of people that sometimes you get to meet and pray for. Be ready, if you are going to go on this journey, and I'll pray that you will, to have your life shaped differently to anything that you've done before because you will be needing to stop. You'll be needing to listen. You'll be needing to actually do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. Confrontationally. Go on, I'm determined to get these three out. I'm going to do the next three. Okay. Fourthly, congratulating faith. Jesus looks for faith. He's not looking for loads of faith. In fact, a mustard seed of faith will do, but he is looking for faith. And you know, why does Jesus look for faith? Because you see, faith is the antithesis of sin. You see, lots of people think that sin is ultimately about selfishness and disobedience. And of course it is. But ultimately, what lies behind that is the reluctance or the rebellion of not believing God. Faith is believing God and acting upon what he has said. Sin is the absolute opposite of that. And so when it comes to the kingdom breaking out, it's about believing God and acting on it. That's what we're called to do. So Jesus is always looking for that spark of faith. You know, there are some very troubling verses in the Bible. Hebrews eleven six 6 is one of them. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay, that's, that's good enough, isn't it? But there's another one in Romans chapter 14 and verse 23. It's in the context of of, of talking about foods that people eat and all that sort of stuff. But it says this. It says, if anything does not proceed from faith, it's sin. So that which we do, which doesn't come from faith, is sin. That is challenging. He's looking for faith. And you know what? In your heart, there's a deposit of it. And he wants to release more and more and more of it. How does that grow? By exercising that seed of faith that's inside of you. So you get the opportunity, even as you leave today, to exercise that seed of faith that's inside you. Jesus looks for faith. He congratulates it. He says, well done to those who step out when he comes to them and says, I want to receive what you have, Jesus. Well done. Well done. I could say so much more. Never mind. We're nearly there. And fifthly, Jesus did this comprehensively. In other words, he didn't just do a partial job. Someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, prayed for them, and um, it was about a condition that they had. It was an asthmatic condition. And um, I asked them at the end, and I said, how do you feel? And um, they said, oh, well, about 95% better. Uh, do you know, I, that's good. <laughs> 95% better. But I was just thinking about it afterwards. Jesus is not a 95% saviour. Yeah? Aren't you pleased that he's not a 95% saviour? Because <laughs> the other 5% was in trouble. And what I noticed in the Gospels, and I could see some more of this, say some more about this, is that Jesus himself, there were times when you know, he, he prayed for people and the blind man, and, and, and he said, oh, can you see yet? They look like trees. Oh, okay, a bit more. Oh yeah, I can see now. Jesus went back for more. 
He didn't just kind of settle for things that were not as they should be. And, and you know, Jesus calls us to be those who will be going after it comprehensively, persistently. And of course, not just about physical healing, also about healing of the soul. Because these are signs of a greater healing that's needed by everybody, that they will come to salvation, that they will come to that place of knowing that Jesus died in their place so that they might be forgiven and have a home in heaven for all eternity. And right now, know a father who loves them and brings goodness and kindness and blessing into their lives. A father who's never going to let them go. And we need to let people know that as well. Because at the end of the day, if we just heal the body and the soul isn't healed, that's not good. It's good for the body. It's not good for the soul. It's not good for the person because they need healing in every way. And finally, <laughs> finally, the final C is that Jesus did it continuously. This is what he did. And he continues that work through us. In the book of Acts, it says, in my former book, I began to teach about all Jesus used to do. In other words, I'm now going to teach about all that he's doing now. Jesus has gone back to heaven. But here on the earth, he has commissioned a church full with the Spirit to go and do the works that he did. And this is our calling. I want you to stand up if you're able to. I want you to receive, first of all, the words that I believe that Jesus wants to prophesy over us as a church. You are in the army now. You are in his army. And I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Just to come. Holy Spirit, will you come? And will you take the words that have been shared, the things that you've done this morning, and will you stir faith in the heart of every brother and sister here right now? I just want to, from that place, give you an opportunity right now as a way of saying, yes, I want to step into this. I want to give you a moment just to come right now and stand here at the front. Just come. Just come. Lord Jesus, we firstly say to you, we're so grateful for the way that you have set us free and you've saved us. But now, right now, release that anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us afresh as your people. Holy Spirit, release that anointing of Jesus into 
our hearts and into our lives. Everyone that's standing here, those that are standing where they are, just release that anointing right now. That commissioning. I prophesy to the breath. Raise up a mighty army right now. And Lord, as we, as we pray for that anointing to fall, we say, almost as a symbol of, of that right now, every sickness in this room, we say be healed in the name of Jesus. Every family that is troubled by sickness, by depression, anxiety, despair, every problem, in the name of Jesus right now, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, will you break every curse? Will you break every cancer, every, every sickness, every oppression in the name of Jesus? Lord, as we give thanks to people standing here right now who have been healed in this last 12 months, faces that have been healed, backs that have been restored, stomach conditions that have been completely transformed, lives that have been raised up almost from the death's door. Lord, standing here giving glory to you that you're the God who heals today. I pray more, Lord Jesus, more of what you choose to do in this day. I pray right now that this army would be commissioned as we take the fire of revival into our family situation, into the workplace, into the streets, into Malawi, into every nation that we get to go. In the name of Jesus, let the fire go right now. And Lord, we say to you right now, where we have been reluctant and fearful, where we have been almost hiding behind other people's gifting, break that off us right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, let courage and let fresh faith rise up in our hearts to take this commission. And Lord, we ask for story after story after story of you breaking out and healing and changing our nation, changing our nation life by life. We pray that in Jesus' name.